Cotney Construction Law is dedicated to helping the construction industry in legal, risk, and safety challenges. Welcome to this week's Law & Mortar with John Kenny and Trent Cotney. I'd like to welcome everybody to another episode of Law & Mortar. Uh, I'm Trent Cotney, CEO of Cotney Construction Law, and we have John Kenny, CEO of Cotney Consulting Group with us. John, how are you doing? I'm doing great. It's a good day. It is. So yesterday we had uh, our webinar on the national election results and what that means for construction. And it was myself and you, and we also had our lobbyist and uh, national lobbyist, Craig Brightup from the Brightup Group, uh, speak on a variety of construction-related topics. What was your takeaway, uh, some takeaways from that uh, webinar? Well, I, I thought it was uh, very informative. Um, I got a lot of feedback after it was over from many people who did listen to it. Um, and, I, and I take away the same thing. I think it was presented in a, in a very informable manner. Um, I like the uh, way we touched on with Craig on the, you know, the possibilities that are coming with the new administration coming into the White House. Uh, comparing it to, you know, what may or may not happen with the Republican-controlled Senate. I think we touched a little bit on, you know, overall, just in the federal races, there's a lot of state ordinances, you know, bills that passed <clears throat> underneath each one of these states. As you brought up, there was marijuana passed in multiple states, uh, legalizing it for recreational use, which is going to continually be an issue for all contractors nationwide in those states especially. And then minimum wage. Minimum wage has gone up in many, many states, including Florida, you know, the one we're headquarters in, which actually is one of, I think, six states that have $15 an hour now, even though it's going up over the next six years. So I think it, there's a lot of effects on construction that came out of this election more than just federally. But I also think there's some promise in the whole thing as well. I, I believe there is going to be a lot of money put into uh you know, vertical and horizontal construction. I think you're going to see a lot of infrastructure, road improvements, tunnels. But I also think you're, they're going to be putting some money in to buildings as well. I did do a little more deep dive after we uh, covered the webinar last night, started reaching into where the money may go in, uh, you know, our, our vertical construction. And definitely they look like they're going to put a lot into schools. Uh, school upgrades are going to be huge according to this which of course every school in an upgrade usually gets a new roof. So I think that's good for the roofing industry. HVAC is a big, uh, big push as well. So I think you're going to see overall, it's going to start to settle in here in the next month or two. Yeah. You know, um, it was interesting. I, in listening to, to Craig talk, um, there's a lot of things that I think he touched on there, which a lot of people aren't aware of. And there was one section in particular where he was talking about the importance of federal judges and in particular the Supreme Court and how, you know, he kind of alluded to the fact that I can kind of expand on it a little bit. We, we've gotten into a point where uh, the judiciary is, is somewhat politicized now. I mean, obviously, you know, all judges are supposed to remain independent as part of their, you know, ethical rules, but uh, there has been a strong push, especially on the conservative side, to make sure that judges that um, that enter these appellate courts and especially Supreme Court have a conservative leaning. Uh, the Federalist Society and there's some other conservative groups in addition to that that are behind sort of training and, and moving the clerks uh, for these Supreme Court justices and appellate justices 
into position so that they can then move on to the next rank. So I think this is something that you're going to continue to see. You know, we've always been focused on making sure that we have, you know, candidates that we want and, you know, the presidency and then, uh, you know, Congress. But uh, I think there's going to be more and more attempts to um, place conservative leaning judges uh, in some of these positions. So that was interesting to me. You know, the other thing that, um, that I'm kind of worried about, I guess, from the legal side is, uh, as you know, I mean, you know, you're, you're a big data guy, as am I. Um, we track all of the uh, litigation information and dispute information that we get here in this firm. And one of the things, you know, I, I review it weekly. And one of the things that, that I saw here this last week, I've been following the fact that we've been trending upwards in delay claims, um, both in affirmative claims that we're asserting, but also in defenses that, you know, we're, we're asserting that we're getting back uh, from some of our claims to try to get money for contractors. One of the things that, that we're also starting to see trend up are acceleration claims. And it's interesting for those of you that don't know, delay and acceleration are basically two sides of the same coin. Oftentimes what you end up happening is you've got a delay. And because that delay has happened, in this case, COVID-19 protests, whatever it might be, you've got an owner or a customer that says, hey, I need you to move quicker. I need you to work over the weekends. I need you to, you know, work overtime, you know, get more crew, get more equipment, whatever it might be out on the job site. And what they're doing is they're truncating your schedule. They're requiring you to work in a shorter amount of time. You know, it's, it's accelerating your work schedule. So that creates a lot of damages. We started to see an uptick in that, you know, just to give the viewers an understanding of what that means. This time last year, we had roughly 3% of our cases that had some sort of acceleration claim. Okay, that was either a positive claim we were asserting or something that we got back in defense, okay? And there's a little bit of wiggle room there, but, but generally speaking, it was about 3%. Now we've already ticked up to about 5.7, 5.8%, getting real close to 6%. Okay, again, it's not to the point where I think we've hit a critical mass to where I can say definitively this is a trend, but if we start getting up into the 10% range, then that's something that, that I know we're beyond sort of the margin of error, uh, the coincidence margin at that point. And then that's something that I really want to pay attention to as we move into um, the end of 2020. And then especially when we get into the Biden administration to see how that plays out with some of these infrastructure type improvements. John, you know, one of the things we also kind of touched on during the webinar was um, Biden's uh, uh, agenda for renewable energy and environmental concerns. And we talked a little bit about it last week, but, you know, I'm, I'm always a grass is greener kind of guy. You know, what, what is, this is kind of what we're faced with now, but what, what does the future look like? How can we, you know, what else is out there for us to look at that we could potentially go after? If I'm a contractor right now, and, and let's say I've got a very profitable um, type of work now, and I'm not into renewable energy, is there something that maybe contractors should be considering, you know, coming up here with the Biden administration? Well, I think... For sure, uh, it's going to be more favorable for any type of renewable energy than we've seen in quite a while. But I also think technology and our industry and industries in a whole are moving in that direction. I think this is going to be an accelerator for, for renewable energy. Um, it's been going that way. 
So as a contractor, a couple things that I think you're going to see, if you are in the urban city setting, I think you're going to see a lot more attention to both green roofs and also what we call blue roof technology. Um, blue roofs are definitely a controlling of water coming off the roofs and getting into you know groundwater. I think the EPA changes under Biden are gonna really push in that direction. Uh, blue roof does require a little bit different training um, and design and, and understanding of, of the ability to put it down. But I think green roofs, um, I mean, who knows? I mean, you have the biofuel push and we all know there's certain types of grasses now that are gonna be used in the making of this fuel. So I think you're gonna see that as a possibility too, people pushing for more than just the roofs being a water protection and waterproofing. They may wanna use it as a harvesting method. I know it may sound crazy today, but look at the things we thought were crazy five, 10 years ago that are now the norm. Um, definitely solar. Solar is on the breakthrough to really make a push in this country, uh, not only in roofing, but in all technology. So roofing is going to follow, I think, accelerate it in the next two years. Technologies there uh, and plants that produce power are now going to build new plants that are only solar based producing of energy. And when that happens, it's going to take off everywhere. So I think those are, are the big areas to get into. So as a contractor, start getting prepared for it. You need to learn more about it. You know, carbon capturing is going to be another one. That's a little bit uh, newer to most people to understand, but roofing manufacturers have already moved in that direction in granules and in fiber technology to actually capture carbon out of the air, you know, and, and take it from the atmosphere and it simply washes down a drain during a rainstorm. There's gonna be certain techniques and things you need to know about that. So it's all coming. I'd start preparing for it, learn as much as you can. Then we'll start developing training programs to help everybody, you know, get into those positions. Yeah, you know what's what's really interesting mm -hmm. about the blue roof technology, and when I say blue roof, I don't mean tarps. I mean uh, basically water rehabilitation, water yeah. harvesting, uh, water capture technology, and um, it's very interesting to what we're starting to see really is the multi-purpose use of construction materials. I think what's going to happen over the next five to ten years is you're going to see a move away from sort of this commodity type construction. And you're going to see more sustainable construction that serves dual purposes, regardless of whether it's, you know, growing biofuel or it's, you know, capturing carbon or generating energy through solar or wind or whatever, whatever it might be, right? Um, so that's something that I think from a marketing perspective, if I'm a contractor out there listening to this, this is something that you can use to your advantage. So there are many manufacturers that have already incorporated some type of carbon capture technology into shingles and other products. You know, why not use that as a marketing? You know, you say, look, yeah, we might be 5,000 more than our competitor, but guess what you're doing? You're helping the environment. And that kind of stuff sells. I mean, um, all I have to do is look at the number of people driving Teslas right now to know that there, there is a market for that out there. So regardless of what you think about it, um, I do think that there is a way to diversify what you're currently doing and um, capitalize on what we see is sort of a, a a green environmental boom that's going to come into construction here in the next, you know, definitely during this administration, but for the years to come. You know, John, as we're we're looking towards the end of the year now, um, what should contractors be focused on? I mean, it's going to be you know 2021 before we can blink. This year has been absolutely insane. You know, we we've had 
uh, COVID, protest, you know, election issues, you know, a number of hurricanes and tropical storms. What should contractors be doing between now and the end of the year to get ready for 2021? Well, you know, like you brought a good point. Your 2020 is over with. You're into November now. There's not much you're going to do to change the outcome of where you end up this year, but you can do a lot to prepare for next year. It's a good time to take a look back at where your year has gotten so far, where your weak points were in your entire operational process, where your weak points may have been in your sales and your weak points in estimating and your strong points, what worked, what didn't work. Concentrate on it. You need to be strong going into next year. I do believe hopefully the protests have settled down. We're moving ahead. I think the election is, is gonna, you know, it's gonna take care of itself like everything does in this country. Um, we're at a hurricane season, but we'll be right back into the normal season, you know, hail and winter storms and tornadoes in, in the Midwest that you see coming up in the next quarter. But I will tell you, I had some calls with contractors this morning. And if you look, I know we are all tired of COVID. We're all tired of talking about it, but it is not going to go away till second or third quarter, even with the fact that they're talking about April or May getting out to the mass public. It is there. Numbers have spiked. We were at 30,000 in March when we actually did shut down as a nation. It's 150 to 60,000 a day now. I am hearing, going back to what you said before, there's more job delays coming from it. Contractors are getting very squeamish on starting new projects. They're delaying things because, you know, the, you know, the vaccine's on the horizon. Why wait? You know, might as well wait rather than do it. Go into service, you know, for a roofing contractor, service business, HVAC is great in service. Those are going to be growth markets for next year. But you need to do an analysis of your business practices, your strengths and weaknesses, and be prepared for whatever's out there ahead of you. Because this year showed us, be prepared for the unpreparable, and we should be that way almost every year in our business. Yeah, you know, if, if I'm a contractor, regardless of where you're at, especially if you're up north where it starts getting cold and you know, the work stops pretty much or slows down. I would use the next couple of months to, you know, buttress your manuals, your contracts, do all the housekeeping that you need to do. Um, we always recommend that you review your employee manual and your safety manual at least every six months. If you are in progressive states like California, the Pacific Northwest, you might want to consider every quarter because there's a significant amount of regulation that happens there and you need to make sure that your manuals reflect that. On your contract, it's always a good time to take a look at it before the end of the year. Um, you know, what I always say is if you ran into any problem whatsoever on a job, there should be a contract provision that would help you out. If there's not, then you need to take a look at it and, you know, we can help you get it to where it's got to go. So use the next couple of months, not just to, you know, um, have the holidays, enjoy time with the family, but think about how you can clean your, your policies, your procedures, your manuals, your contracts up in preparation of 2021. Yep, and invest in training. Yeah, absolutely. Training, and, you know, we're big into that. Um, I I'm a big believer that every penny you spend on training is a penny well spent. So, um, John, as always, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Uh, you too. If the listeners out there, if you've got any questions that you'd like us to answer or talk about in future episodes, feel free to email me at tcotney at cotneycl.com. John, how can they get you? That's uh, jkenny, J-K-E-N-N-E-Y at cotneycl.com. Great. Thank you guys and stay tuned for more Lawnmower in the future.